Last Sunday, I shared with you uh, a sermon about the problem with ingratitude. And I guess if you boil that whole thing down to its essence in just a couple of sentences, ingratitude causes us to um, have a different attitude than we would otherwise have. When we are grateful, when we are thankful, when we are mindful of our blessings, we're much happier. If we want to focus on the things that um, are negative, that affects our attitude and our, our perspective on life. Somebody who goes through life belly aching on the one hand or being thankful on the other, who's going to be happier? The person that's thankful, sure. Who are you going to enjoy being around more? The person who's thankful, because none of us like to hear belly aching, do we? It's just, it just has a, an effect on us. Not only the person themselves, but also the people around them are affected by how we respond to life. And of course, we're going to learn today from the word of the Lord that gratitude, the giving of thanks is an imperative. Now I select that word very deliberately today. I never did like English. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I like the language, but I didn't like English classes when I was in school. I didn't like diagramming sentences. I didn't like studying the way that the language was put together. And we used to have to learn the tenses and all kinds of things. And then lo and behold, you get to school and you start studying the Bible languages and you have to do it all over again. So that's parts of things that I didn't really enjoy. But there's one thing that stuck with me that came back to me this morning as I was preparing further for what I'll share with you today. And that is the word imperative. Now, some things are imperative in life. They're very important. They're things that we have to have and things that we have to do. But that's not the usage of the word imperative that I'd like to dwell on for just a moment. It is imperative as a, uh, a tense in the English language, or in this case, in the Greek or the Hebrew language. Imperative simply means basically a, a demand or an obligation. For instance, this, this one word, listen, that's an imperative. Or be careful, that's an imperative. Or eat your breakfast. All of those are in the imperative tense. In the Bible, there are times when we read words like this. In everything, give thanks. Would somebody like to guess what tense that's in? Imperative. Exactly. In Colossians 3 verse 15, Paul is writing to the church there and he says, be thankful. That's an imperative. It's a command. It is something that we're told to do. And yes, it is very important. It is imperative as we're going to see in the scripture today. Now, obviously, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. But it's not Thursday that's the topic of this sermon. Thanksgiving is something that, that we should be participants in every day of our lives. It's something that we should be mindful of, just like this guy when he woke up and he was wrapped up in, 
it, I, it sounded like the, uh, is it Frankenstein, the movie, where, where Frankenstein began to move and the scientist says, he's alive, he's alive. Well, this man woke up first thing in the morning. He said, I'm alive, I'm alive. That's the way we ought to be. Well, maybe not with that same exuberance that he did, but to be aware that we, we have had the privilege of waking up in the morning and then a thousand things could follow that that would help us to be more thankful and realize how blessed we really are. We're going to look at some of that today as we work through this. In Psalm 107, the scripture um, gives us some very interesting insight into this business of giving thanks. And so I haven't selected the whole psalm, although by the time you see these slides, you're probably going to think it's the whole psalm, but I selected certain verses and passages from it to share with you this morning. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Anybody want to know what tense that is? Oh, come on. What is it? It's imperative. It is to tell us that this is something that needs to be done. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Now, I'll be honest enough with you today to share that I learned something this week while studying this passage and that word forever there. I thought I knew what forever meant. But then when I looked back at the Hebrew and studied it from a, a biblical perspective, every time I think about forever, it's like going from this point forward into the future forever. As it turns out, the word, the biblical word there forever actually it certainly points forward, but it also points backward into our lives where we can look back this way. And it also involves the here and now and really an aid to help us understand the definition. The significance of that word is the word perpetual or the word continuing. That's what forever means. So the Bible tells us that we should give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And that his mercy endures forever. Not just that direction, but also that direction. And this very moment, the Lord is good. His mercies are new every morning, the Bible says. So as we look at this particular topic today, we're going to understand that there is to be a continual process of thanksgiving in our lives. Now, there was a call for Thanksgiving uh, by, I think it was President Lincoln. I wish I had looked this up, but I believe it was Lincoln that, that put this set in motion this particular day. A call for Thanksgiving, one day annually that we specifically do that. But I'm gonna tell you as Christians, we need to do it every day because we should give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And somebody answer this for me or complete my thought if you would. God is good. Exactly. God is good all the time and all the time God is good in that direction, in this direction. He will be good in the future. That's what his nature is. He has been good to me in the past. How many of you feel like God is good to you right now? He's a great God. He's blessed us and he's ministered to us in so many ways. So here's this imperative from scripture. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy is perpetual and continual. It endures forever. 
And then the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, there are many reasons already stated for which we should be thankful. Number one, this guy who, who unwraps himself and finds out he's alive this morning. He finds a reason to be thankful. His mercies are new every morning. It's because of his mercy that we are here today. As Paul Harvey would say, fork it in down. We're not six foot under, but we're walking fork it in down. We are blessed to be able to move, to go where we want to go and do what we want to do. Our heart is pumping. Our eyes are seeing. Our ears are hearing. Our lungs are functioning. Now, we don't usually think about those things. And every once in a while, we might pray a prayer. But you know, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. You might say, well, you know what? I thank the Lord for my eyesight a long time ago. And I thank the Lord that my heart was in good shape a long time ago. And I thank the Lord that I could hear a long time ago. Well, let me ask you this morning. When you woke up this morning, was your heart still beating? Could you still see? Could you still hear? I'm going to tell you, it's an earth-shaking thing to lose one of those things all of a sudden, isn't it? We, we well remember and, and, and mention was made of this recently, I think in our seniors meeting this past Tuesday when we met together. But there was a time about a year ago, my dad lost eyesight, uh, had a medical procedure and could not see in his, out of, I don't remember his right or left is irrelevant, but couldn't see out of his eye. And I sat in the office with he and mom and the doctor came in and dad was sitting in the, in the chair having an exam. And I saw the doctor put up two fingers right in front of my dad's face, just like this within two or three inches of his face. Now dad was trying to be positive. You know, he's trying to be a good patient. The doctor says, can you see my fingers? Well, yeah. How many fingers am I holding up? Four. And he didn't have a clue what he was seeing right there. That's how bad his eyes were at that point. And I remember very well on a Wednesday night here in our, in our service where he, he spoke up at the end of the service when we received prayer requests. And he said, and he doesn't usually share like this, but he was very open that night. And he said, I don't have, I'm, I, I'm losing my sight in this eye. I can't see. And I would appreciate your prayers. And I well remember his voice broke and he had tears in his eyes. And everybody just kind of gravitated to where he was sitting. And we gathered around him and we prayed that the Lord would restore his sight. And today he's driving and everything's going wonderfully. And we thank the Lord for that. But I said that to say, you probably have no idea what a trial that was for him personally and for the family. I mean, when you can't see even a hand in front of your eye, you you have not enough vision to even tell if there's a hand there. And then you cry out to God and then he answers that prayer. And now you're driving down the highway and it's I mean, that helps you appreciate your vision. And if you have trouble with your heart or if you have trouble with your lungs and the Lord is merciful and you have use of that again and things work properly, you find yourself very grateful and that you had been taking granted for granted some things in your own life. Well, what I'm trying to say is this. Should we not be thankful for those things every day? 
Should we not be mindful? Lord, I thank you today that I I can see. I am breathing. My heart is working. My lungs are fine. I thank you, Lord, that, that everything's like it's supposed to be in my life and I'm healthy like you made me. And sometimes, listen, because you thanked God for it three months ago, is that enough, really? Shouldn't we be thankful in the present, continually, perpetually, for what the Lord has done for us. Some people say, well, I don't, I don't know what to thank God for. Look in the mirror. Just look at what God has blessed you with. Look around you. The video showed the guy's car, the guy's family, the guy's, the guy's shower, the guy's shoes, everything. He just thought, wow, this is awesome. This is great. God is so good. That's kind of the way we should be because the Bible says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. It is an imperative and God is good all the time and his mercy endures perpetually and continually. And all of us experience that every day. And so many times we'll go through a day, maybe through a week, maybe through a month and never really take the time to thank God for the things that has blessed us with that we would miss terribly. If we lost those things. And then there's verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm going to tell you. There's nothing greater to be thankful for. Than the salvation that we have. Listen you help me. Everybody's awake. I want you to help me out. I want you to complete my sentences for me. Okay. I once was lost. Is that something to be thankful for? I once was blind, but that's something to be thankful for. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but now we're delivered. We were bound, but he set me free. I'm saved, the song says, and I know that I am. That's something to be thankful for. It goes back to what the word says. Let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. In other words, act like it. Don't be afraid to speak it. Be thankful for it. Share it. We're going to see here before we finish. He even tells us to do it in the assembly of the people. To do it out loud. This, this, you know, we, we don't have to be secret about our thanks and our praise and our appreciation for what the Lord has done for us. I, I just wish there was some way... We could just sit here and look at that for a a few minutes. If it would have the effect of saturating our heart and our mind. You know how we read the Psalms. You know, sometimes it's a way to just kind of take up a little time at the beginning of the service or at some point. That's not what it's all about. And I hope as we go through this Psalm today, you're going to see that there is such structure and such thought... And such symmetry even to this psalm. You know, the the psalms were written to be sung. And you're going to see that this psalm is a lot like a hymn with verses and choruses. And things that repeat. And some of the songs we did today, we did that way. We'd go back and repeat something and repeat something. And then go back and sing something else. And then come back to that particular thing and repeat it. This psalm is just that way. Verse 6 says... Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Now, 
Before we talk about that just a minute, I want to share it with you that in Psalm 107, you'll find that same identical verse four times. You think that might be noteworthy? Four times. In the same chapter, we read that verse. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. That's why I highlighted that in yellow, because you'll recognize it when we get to it again. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Let me ask you, what is the proper response? Listen, especially for a Christian, a child of God, what is the proper response when you're in trouble? Cry out to the Lord. And then the Bible says, when you do that, that he delivers you out of your distresses. When we were singing a few moments ago, and I didn't select that. Well, no, we weren't singing. We didn't sing it. We practiced it, and then we didn't sing it. You can call God. You can call God. Whatever you go through, whatever difficulty you face, you can call God. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. What is probably the main thing that the Bible teaches us, the reason that people don't have answers to their prayers, is that they don't pray prayers. Because the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. If you don't ask, you don't receive. This Bible verse says, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. And I'll promise you, if you'll cry out to the Lord, it'll change your life and he'll deliver you from your distresses. He'll answer your prayer. Anybody believe that? Amen. Amen. And so the next verse we're going to look at is verse 8. Verse 8 is a plea. Please, please do this, is the way this is worded. And you'll know this in green. The reason it's in green, on the screen, is because I want you to be able to pick up the fact that this verse also is found four times in this psalm. Now, I don't know about you, but if all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine or proof, instruction and righteousness and so forth. If that previous verse we looked at was listed four times in one chapter, and then we read that this verse is listed four times in the same chapter. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. The Bible talks about, Jesus actually said this, when we come together and we come to worship, we come to worship. God is looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. And then it says, now the father is seeking those who will worship him. What does that mean? It means he's... He's looking. He's taking note. He's watching. He's observant of us because he's looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for people who will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. He's looking for people who are not ashamed to speak up and give glory to God. So the plea is, 
Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, why would people want to worship God and give him thanks? Verse 9, the very next verse says, he satisfies the longing soul. And he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Does not the Bible teach us that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be Now, the Bible didn't say that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness might be filled. The Bible says if we're hungry for God, if we want to draw near to God, we'll draw near to God. The Bible says he will draw near to us. If we will just cry out to the Lord, if we will just... Thank the Lord audibly if we will just tell him how appreciative we are. If when we are in difficult times in our lives, we are facing crisis, we're having problems. Where could I go but to the Lord? What a song. That's what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we feel like God is a 10 million mile away God. You know why we sometimes feel that way? It's because we treat him like he's a 10 million mile away God. We don't treat him like he's a right here, right now listening God. And so the scripture tells us that we should give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, I hadn't even thought about this till just now. Oh, that men would give thanks. How? To the Lord. Can everybody say to the Lord? Lord. Now, when I talk to you, I'm not talking to the Lord. And when you talk to me, you're not talking to the Lord. In other words, instead of just talking to each other about how good God has been to us, who should we also talk to about how good God has been to us? We should talk to him. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that my eyes can see. I thank you that my ears can hear. I thank you, Lord, my heart is strong. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for my life. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my heart. Thank you for my job. You could go on and on and on. Count your many blessings. And it will surprise you if you'll name them one by one what the Lord has done. It will astonish you. I actually had this thought this week. I didn't seriously entertain doing it, but I did have the thought. What it would be like to at the front door give everybody a notepad when they walked in. You know, the the yellow ones, notepads, the big ones. Give everybody a notepad and a pen when they walked in. And then walk to the front and say, okay, for the next 90 minutes, we're not going to say a word. We're going to sit and we're going to think and we're going to count our blessings and name them one by one. Now, I'm going to tell you, that might not excite you, but it'd probably do a lot of good for us to do that. It would help us to think about something we don't usually think about. Things we take for granted. Things we sometimes... We may not have thought about things in maybe ever. 
Things that God has blessed us with and things that God has done and things that we really are appreciative for, but we've never thanked Him for. Somebody says, I just don't understand how people can get down on their knees and and pray for an hour or pray for 30 minutes. What's there to say? Well, if you'd start counting your blessings, you'd be there a lot longer than 30 minutes. Amen? It would it would take you, oh, it'd be a wonderful exercise. You might want to try that at home. Can a pastor give homework? Oh, well. Verse 9, for he satisfies the longing soul. And he fills the hungry soul with goodness. We know he's a good God. We've experienced that. We've experienced his blessings. On the other hand, we've also been on the other side. Because whoever you are today, and no matter how long you've been a Christian, there is a time where you were on the other side. Amen? How do I know that? Because the Bible says it. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. We're all in need of a Savior. True? So we've all been on the other side. Now we're Christians. Now we love the Lord. But we're going to go back to the other side in our thinking for just a moment. And look at what the Bible says. Verse 10. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, Because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. That's that's what sin is. Ignoring God, God's ways, God's laws. Verse 12 says, therefore he bought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Do you know the Lord has a way of bringing you to your knees? It's interesting, we're taught, as you, as you discuss certain things, um, in, in certain settings, you'll hear this phrase come up, crisis experience. Most people come to Jesus at a crisis experience in their life. It could be any number of things. But the bottom line is, it's described in this verse, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, things are not going well in their life. They've rebelled against the words of God, despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he bought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. I, I think about the word conviction. Anybody in here ever felt conviction? Sure, we've been there. You see, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. But when you hit bottom and you cry out to the Lord, he'll hear your prayer. And so verse 13, we've read it before, but here it is again. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He bought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. He broke their chains in pieces. Do you know what? You cannot go so far in sin that the grace of God can't reach you. I remember many years ago, almost 40 years ago now, in the first church we served in this small town, there was this man 
who owned the liquor store in town there. And one of the young men in our church, he would have been in his, probably his twenties at the time. He went to the guy who owned the liquor store. He was excited about our church. He went to the guy who owned the liquor store and said, why don't you come and go to church with me Sunday? They were kind of buddies anyway. And this liquor store owner looked at him and said, you wouldn't want me in your church. I couldn't go to your church. The Lord would never hear my prayer anyway. I have been a sinner for a long, long time. I'm going to tell you what, you can't go so far, but where the grace of God can reach you and bring you back. And people who believe they've gone too far, and people who believe because they've been lied to by the devil, that they've been too wicked and God would not forgive, they haven't read their Bibles, and they don't know the love of God, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And all of us were sinners in need of a Savior. And he's willing to save anyone who will come to him. And so, used to sing a song a good while back. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. That's all of us. Jesus takes us in. He'll welcome us. And so... Verse 15 says, and you've seen it already again in a different place, but there's this plea. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I'm thinking here and I'm wondering, okay, now in this passage, who is speaking? Who is saying, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Well, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Bible teaches. And even it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction into our hearts and lives. The Bible teaches us. So I can, in my mind's eye, I can see the Holy Spirit making this plea. Oh, oh, that men would just, just give thanks. To the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Well, for he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. You know, that sounds hard, doesn't it? I mean, I'm thinking about that in times I've had to use crowbars and sledgehammers and things working with heavy metals and so forth. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. And there is no bondage that you can get in. I want you to hear this today. There is no bondage that you can get in that God can't break you out of. He can set you free from any bondage, any addiction, any problem you have. The next verse, verse 19, is extremely important, and it's, it's a repeat. It's already been said in this psalm. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Somebody who's bound, somebody who's in bondage, somebody whose their life is in distress and difficulty. What would be the proper response? Please, somebody tell me, what should they do? 
cry out to the Lord in their trouble. You see, there's a difference in crying out to the Lord and wishing things were better. There's a difference in crying out to the Lord and hoping for things to get better. There's a difference in crying out to the Lord and telling your next door neighbor to pray for you. Crying out to the Lord is when you just pour it out before the Lord and you don't really care, to be honest with you. And that crisis experience I'm talking about, you don't care who hears you or what they think. You feel like maybe you've gone as low as you can go and you don't, you there's, there's nothing left to do but cry out to God. And that's when he'll reach down. Verse 20 says, he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. How many believe you still do it today? Any problem you've got, any difficulty, any struggle, any addiction, any, any, any problem in your life, anything that's unlike the Lord, he will help you and he'll deliver you from the destruction in your life and make of you a new creature. So then we turn to verse 21. And here is, in my mind's eye, the Holy Spirit again crying out. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. And for his works, wonderful works to the children of men. And then we read a different verse. A verse we haven't seen before, even though I highlighted it. It simply says, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And declare his works with rejoicing. Now, do you, let's be honest, we're in church, let's be honest, how many here always feel like giving thanks? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes our hearts are somewhere else. Sometimes Because of something that's happened in our life, it just doesn't come natural. So what does the Bible say? Even when it doesn't come easy, even when it doesn't flow, that's when you sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and you declare his works with rejoicing. I believe, based on that verse right there, that you can praise your way out of just about anything. Now, that's praising God I'm talking about. I'm not talking about praising people. I'm talking about praising God. You can get down to business with the Lord, and he won't be a 10 million mile away God anymore. He'll be a right here, right now God who hears your prayer and will break your chains and deliver you from your bondage. And and then at that point in time, it's not a sacrifice to praise. It just flows. But there's other times when we have to... Let me ask you this. We got some retired ministers here, so they don't have to answer. I know what their answer would be. But do you think Pastor Ron always feels like getting up on Sunday morning and coming to church and preaching the word? Do you believe there are angels that usher me from the from the from the bed when I get up all the way to church? It don't work that way, folks. Pastors struggle. Just like you will struggle. And sometimes we have to do what we know God wants us to do because it's the right thing to do and his word says do it. And we sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and we declare his works with rejoicing. 
Well, verse 28, here's another repeat. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. I'm going to read that verse 28 one more time. And if that's ever happened in your life, I'd like to hear a good, sincere amen. If you can, if you can personalize that in your life. They cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. Oh, that sounded good. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. Again, the Bible tells us we have not. Exactly, because we hadn't cried out to the Lord. We haven't asked. Well, verse 31, as we work our way toward the end now, it says again, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. We have the Heavenly Father seeking for those who will worship him. The Father is seeking for those who will worship him. And we have, again, in my mind's eye, the Spirit saying, Oh, that men would give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And then we have this verse, verse 32. It's highlighted, but we haven't read it before. It's not a repeat. It says, Let them, that is, the people of God, Let them exalt Him also in the assembly of the people. And praise him in the company of the elders. Do you realize it's important according to the scripture? And imperative. That we continually and perpetually. Give glory to God and praise and thanksgiving to him. Not just on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But every time we come. Amen. Let them exalt him. Also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Yeah, the church is a place where people should be praising God. Don't be ashamed to publicly give thanks and to praise the Lord. Now, verse 43. It's a different color from anything we've seen yet. I want you to list. Just look what this verse says. After all the things we've seen and the verses that have been repeated, here's what verse 43 says. That's the last verse in that chapter. It says, whoever is wise will observe these things. And they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. You think that's a significant last verse? <laughs> I'd submit to you, it just doesn't get much much more plain than that. Whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. The things that we've talked about. Oh, that men would praise him. They cried out and God heard. And everything that's been shared so far. Giving thanks is our topic today. There is an admonition in Psalm 107 to give thanks. 
There is encouragement in Psalm 107 to give thanks. There have been four pleas. Four different times there was a plea made that the people would give thanks. We're supposed to give thanks publicly, that psalm says. And it ends up by saying that doing the above is a sign of wisdom. I'm going to tell you, that's one of the, after looking through that and kind of studying it, that's one of the best put together psalms I've ever seen. There's a message there. A message for us on the Sunday before Thanksgiving in the year 2019. So what we're going to do for the next few moments is we're going to give thanks. Our musicians are coming and we're going to sing. And we're going to offer unto the Lord some thanksgiving and some praise. We're going to bless his name. And and my um, my request would be... You see, I'm not going to make it an imperative because I don't feel like I have the authority to make it imperative. But the Word of God has already made it an imperative. Let us know that it's very important. It's imperative. And that it's something that should be done perpetually and continually. Not this coming Thursday, but every day of our lives. And especially when we gather together as the people of God and we come together to worship Him. So, as we, Kevin, if you would put this next song on the uh, screen. It seems like we've read this before, right? Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Would you stand with me as we sing this today? The Lord wants his people to act like his people. To be joy-filled. Like his people are supposed to be. To give thanks like his people are supposed to give.
blessed us. You have ministered to us. So time, we just, we find plenty of things to talk about. Lord, if we want to complain and if we want to be negative, there's just lots of things to talk about. But Lord, if we could only turn away from that and look to those things that you have blessed us with, Lord, if we could just understand that everybody in this building today, every single person in this building today is far better off, Lord, far better off than 90% of the people who walk on this earth. Lord, there's people in other lands that would trade places with any person in this building and be thrilled to be here, to live the kind of life that we live have the prosperity in this country that we have. Lord, to have the blessings, the things we sometimes take for granted like we saw on the video. Lord, just the the running water, the clean water to drink, the cold water to drink. The things, Lord, that we very seldom ever think about. And then, Lord, there's the blessing of redemption and how you saved us. You washed away our sins You've created in us righteousness and holiness. You've set us apart to be a people for you. Lord, we're no longer strangers, but we're children of God. We're no longer in the dark. Now you've put us in the light. We're no longer lost, but now we're found. Surely we have reason to thank you. So Lord, I pray that you would help us. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand how blessed we are. You're an awesome God, and we love you today. Help us, Lord, to be the kind of people that that we have been charged to be from this psalm today. Help us to be thankful. Lord, when we find ourselves in a low place or a hard place, help us to cry out to you. Knowing that you will hear our cry, you'll break our bonds, you'll free us, you'll minister to us, you'll calm the storms in our lives, and you'll meet our needs. Help us to understand, Lord, that the greatest priority in your eyes for us is that we be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody wants your blessings, but Lord, the thing most important from your viewpoint, according to the Word of God, is making peace with God and being reconciled to you. So Lord, it's my prayer, if there's anybody in this building today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anybody today that's been 
lied to and they've been convinced, Lord, that they have gone too far. They couldn't be loved by a God like you, that Jesus couldn't have died for them. Lord, help them today. Open their eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister to the hearts and lives of every individual in this building today. If somebody is doubting, and if somebody is unsure, and if somebody knows they're lost and they need to be saved, Lord, I pray that you would touch their hearts now and give them the courage. Lord, to be man or woman enough in just a moment to walk down this aisle and bow at this altar and receive you as Lord and Savior. What better thing could be done in this place today than someone finding you and being saved today? So Lord, just as we are, we come to you. And as we sing this great hymnal, just this hymn of 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 offering ourselves to you, just as I am, I come. I pray that you would speak to people's hearts. Lord, if there's somebody here that's discouraged, somebody who's got a problem, Lord, help them to know they need to come as well. And just to lay that at the altar before you and cry out to you. You will help, you will heal, you will minister to the needs. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today the Father is seeking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. But you can't worship Him in spirit and in truth until your heart has been surrendered to Him. So I'm going to ask today, as I have already prayed, if you're here today and you need a Savior, you know you need your sins forgiven. You need to cry out to the Lord. Or if you're uncertain, somehow you're unsure where you stand with the Lord, then you need to come. And if you're burdened, your heart is heavy today for whatever reason, you can come as well. And we're inviting you just as you are to come and allow the Lord to do a work in your life. Thank you, Lord. Just as... I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou didst Just be there for support. Speak to the Lord in behalf of these days. Ask God to touch them where they are. Lord, we're praying that you would minister to these today. You know their hearts. You know their needs. You're a God who is able. And Lord, we pray that you would minister. Whatever the need is today, you're a God well able. You're a Savior. You're a healer. Lord, you're there to meet our needs our lives. What an awesome God. Just as we are, we come awaiting your word to be done in our hearts and in our 
our lives. Have your way, we pray. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just as I am. Thank you, Lord. Just as I am without one plea, but shed for me, and help in time of need the Bible tells us to cast our care on him for he cares for us the Bible tells us to make our request and our petitions known and so that's what we're going to do at this time before the service began immediately before the service began someone came to me and shared that uh, Kathy Keith 
had just called and that she was taking Jerry Keith to the emergency room. And I don't know, it wasn't his heart, they thought, but something. And so I'd like for you to remember Jerry in prayer. He's usually here every Sunday, but today uh, he's probably this time at the hospital. So remember him. And uh, we will receive prayer requests this morning. And I'll begin on this side of the building and work our way across. And if you would speak loudly enough so that we can hear you so we'll know what to pray for, if you don't mind. We would appreciate it. In this far side, anybody in this section? Her sister. Your sister. Sylvia's sister. Okay, in the section here. Amen. How many weeks has it been, David, since you had surgery? Okay, about eight weeks ago, David had brain surgery. We prayed for him, did we not? Yes, we did. And he's going back to work tomorrow. Now, is that not awesome? Amen. Amen. God is good. We give him God praise for that. Amen. Amen. And anybody else in this section? Okay, this is Peggy. My goodness, let's remember that. Anyone else? Far side over here. Nelda? Ronnie's back. Okay, at the front here now. The Lord will help you do that. Amen. Eddie? I spent some time with VA this week and they've been monitoring lesion or something on my lungs for the last three or four years. And now they want to do a biopsy. Uh huh. Amen. Amen. Alicia? Our seniors, yes, we have several seniors in need of prayer. Anybody believe that it's worthwhile to pray? Yes. The Bible lets us know that he hears our prayers when we pray. So if you would, just um, bow your heads. The Bible says, when you pray, say. So this is not a time for the pastor to pray alone. We're all praying for these needs. The Lord's a big God. He can hear and understand all of our prayers at the same time. So if you would just speak your prayer, pray for these. Let's let's lift these needs to the Lord together, shall we? Lord, in our hearing today have been shared several needs and requests that are very, very important. We pray that you would minister to these. Some people need healing. Some people need encouragement. Some people need grace to make certain decisions in their life. Lord, that uh, would help them in their journey toward better health and so forth. We know that you're a God that is able. You tell us we have not because we ask not. That was mentioned earlier. We do not 
want to be people who do not receive what we need from you because we did not ask. So we give you thanks for those today who have shared their request. And we're asking you to minister to these, Lord, for for Jerry, uh, whatever his need is this morning. Lord, we just plead the blood of Jesus over his life and the other needs that have been shared here as well. You're a God that is able. Lord, cancer is not too big for you and other conditions are not too big for you. We cry out to you and ask today that you would manifest your power and your presence in our midst. We're your people today. We admit that we have needs. We need a healer. We need a savior. Lord, we need you to be at work in our lives. We want to be among those people that are described in Psalm 107. And they cried out unto the Lord. And he heard their cry. And he calmed their storms and broke their bonds. Lord, let that be true for us experientially in our lives. And Lord, we do want to be people whose hearts are filled with gratitude and praise. Lord, we don't want to just talk about it among ourselves, but we need to come before you and express our thanksgiving to you and let you know that we are so thankful and appreciative for the blessings that come from the hands of our almighty God. Your word teaches us that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. So Lord, we thank you that you're the giver. We we understand, we appreciate, we're cognizant of the fact that you are the one who blesses us. And we thank you for it today. Now Lord, may your kingdom come, may your will be done in each of these needs and in each of our lives. May we please you. Lord, in all that we say and do, Lord, from now until next Sunday, when we come together again, we pray, Lord, that you would guide us, keep your hands upon us, keep us safe, help us to think the right thoughts, help us to say the right things, things that would bring honor and glory to your name and nothing that would detract from who you are and from who we are as your children. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for being here today.